Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the PWIFA Play Where Your Feet Are podcast. I'm your host Cameron Dobbs and simply put, this podcast is all about learning to live a life full of living. And whether this is your first time listening to the podcast or you have caught literally every single episode all season, let me just say you are in for a treat today. This episode is absolutely amazing because today we look back on season one and present to you all the best quotes, gold nuggets, pieces of wisdom, and stories from our wonderful guest. Gathered from each episode from season one, we're going to touch on identity, confidence, failure, low seasons in the valley, taking action, and of course, how to live a life full of living by playing where your feet are. Before getting into the episode, let's start by briefly reintroducing each guest and the specific stories and topics they spoke on in their own individual episodes. All episodes are available, so after you listen to this one, feel free to go back and binge listen to all of season one to get the full stories and the context surrounding each quote. Because yes, this is going to be an amazing episode full of goodness, but if you want to hear the full stories and really dive into each guest and each guest's life that they shared on the podcast, make sure to go back and listen to their own episodes. And 10 out of 10 recommend. They are all absolutely fantastic. Quick reminder here to please subscribe to the podcast on your preferred platform and write us a review on Apple Podcasts comment on your favorite episodes, or simply just tell us what you loved hearing. We love to hear from you, and we want to know what you are looking forward to hearing more of in season two. As for our guest this season, we kicked off season one with the fabulous Victoria Garrick. Victoria is a former Division I volleyball player, TED Talk speaker, YouTuber, social media influencer, podcast host, mental health advocate, public speaker, and a big role model to me. Victoria's episode was titled Defining Self-Love and Reframing Failure, and it was fantastic. After Victoria, Will Saxton joined us, and Will is a baseball player who played in college at both FIU, Florida International University, down in Miami, and at UCF in Orlando. That's actually where he just wrapped up his collegiate career. And his journey from an FIU Panther to a UCF Knight is not one to be dismissed. And his episode was titled Trusting the Process and Transferring. Next up, another close friend of mine. We had Madison Dill McDermott on the podcast. Maddie played volleyball at the University of Miami with me. And she was a student, athlete, and mother during her time at the U. She joined the podcast to tell her story of having a child while being a collegiate athlete for the first time in full and on the record. Maddie's episode is titled Student, Athlete, Mother. Our next guest was Brittany Viola Gonzalez. Brittany is an Olympian, an NCAA champion, a University of Miami Hall of Famer, a mentor, mother, and more. Post-sport, she now works with Athletes in Action doing full-time ministry by using her story, experiences, and wisdom to impact the next generation. Brittany's episode was titled, When God Writes Your Story. Emphasis on God writing it, not her. Dr. Emily Schultz was the next guest to follow, and Emily holds many titles in the medical field, many that I could not even try to explain right now, so you're just going to have to go back to her episode and hear her explain them all. 
But she also worked specifically in neurology, and most personally, she was my vestibular therapist while I suffered my third concussion and my most severe concussion in the fall of 2019. Emily's episode was titled Brain Injuries and Being Your Best. Adding another baseball boy to the PWIFA roster, Ryan Metz joined the podcast. Like Will, Ryan just wrapped up his collegiate baseball career after leading the Virginia Tech Hokies to an ACC championship and hosting their first ever Super Regional in postseason play. Ryan is also a podcast host himself, and his episode was titled College Athletics and Christianity. Viraj Kulhari also joined the podcast, and his episode was titled Dreams, Doubts, and Disadvantages, as he walked us through his journey striving to be the first Indian athlete in the NBA. After Viraj, Jacob 1020 Thompson came on the podcast, and JT is an inspirational communicator, he's an award-winning recording artist, and the author of the book, From Diagnosis to Destiny, Your Trials Aren't Meant to Break You, They're Meant to Make You. And named after his book, his episode was titled From Diagnosis to Destiny. And we talked about turning pain into purpose. And last but certainly not least, Tori Petrie. Tori worked as the team reporter for the Detroit Lions for seven years before taking a huge leap of faith out of the organization and moving to Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, she still works in sports broadcasting, but also specializes in social media, travel, and more. For the first time ever, she shared her story about and journey around leaving the Lions. Tori's episode was titled, Leaving the Lions and Leaps of Faith. Those were all of our wonderful season one guests. A huge thank you to each of them for sharing their stories, their struggles, and their success with us. You're going to be hearing each of their voices today and some of their best quotes from their episodes this season. So that's why I kind of wanted to give you the quick little background of each of them as you're going to be hearing their voices today. But again, if you want to dive deep into their stories, which I recommend, check out each individual episode from season one. Now, real quick before getting into the recap, I just feel the possibly random need to add a quick little disclaimer for any non-athletes listening to this episode, because a lot of these guests do reference life as an athlete or lessons around and in athletics and sports. But I encourage you, if you're not an athlete, to do this as you listen. Anytime you hear the guests mention athletics, Put your own occupation or situation into that blank. Relate their stories to yours because I can guarantee that with this episode, you can change your mindset, you can change your perspective, and you can change your life to be able to live that life full of living, just as each and every one of them are trying to do the same. Now, without further ado, be prepared to be mind blown with goodness. Because y'all, here is our season one recap. Let's get it. This is the PWYFA Play Where Your Feet Are podcast, and I'm your host, Cameron Dobbs. One major theme noticed throughout the entire season is how often we can root our identity in worldly things and how our confidence crumbles when it's not based in a firm foundation. For starters, if you have ever heard me speak before or, shameless plug, you follow us on social media, you have seen this quote come out of my mouth or be posted, whatever it might have been. I say it all the time because it's so important, and I'm going to give you half of the quote here. 
our identity is not rooted in our performance on the court, in the classroom, or in our careers. So where does our confidence come from? Well, Victoria and I broke down the famous idea of faking it until you make it. You know, the whole mind over matter, fake it to act confident type of deal. Here's what she said. If we're talking about fake it till you make it in the sense of you're about to walk into a meeting and you're the only woman in the room and you need to really believe that you know what you're about to say and you can do this, that's a fake it till you make it that I'm a big fan of. I also think we can just say believe in yourself or um, trust in your abilities and in and, and your practice. Like I think there's other ways we can highlight what that means. However, if we are pretending we're happy when we're not, or we're stable when we're not, or we are okay with something when we're not, it can really be detrimental to our own happiness, our mental health, our safety sometimes. Victoria was dead on, and we can fake it for a little, but not for life. So where can we find that confidence that is sustainable? Our baseball boys break this down. Ryan and Will, both Division I pitchers, talked about confidence from their perspective and how it's rooted in God. Listen to what they say. When you only throw one, to one every five days, once every five days, your outing sticks with you a lot longer. And I've seen it for teammates. If you have two bad outings in a row, that's two weeks that they're down in the dumps. And it's kind of this like, oh, why? And it's because their identity is tied too closely with their sport. And that when things don't go their way, it's this roller coaster of you're in this low moment. And when you throw well, all of a sudden you're on top of the world and you find yourself on this train track of going up and down, up and down. And it's kind of this moment where you realize, I don't want to be on this ride. This ride is terrible. I don't like this. And it kind of forced me when I was going through this up and down to look at where should my identity be? And it, I found that it was rooted in myself rather than in Christ. In order to kind of fix this and reverse this, I kind of had to realize that in my sport, I had taken God off the throne and put myself on it. Joshua 1, 9 um, says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. That verse just like, gosh, it's just, it's, it's in my head almost all the time. And I just love it because it's just like, God has his commandments. He has his, his ways of you know, working in us. And it's like, have I not commanded you? Like, be strong, and courageous. Like, he's telling us, like, I'm like, I'm with you. Like, how can you not be strong, and courageous? Like, how can you not have that full faith and full belief? So that just really, really kind of, you know, backs up the shoulders and stand up straight when you when you just remind yourself of that. And not only does rooting your identity in Christ give you confidence, Ryan and Brittany say it takes the pressure off when performing. When God is on the throne, we get to go out and play and have fun and bask in the glory and the opportunity of what God has given us the ability to do because he loves us. And that when I step on the field, I've literally already won because God calls me by name. All the pressure is off and I get to go out and have fun and play hard and know that win or lose, my God is still my God and he still loves me and I'm going to get another chance whenever he gives me another opportunity. After competing, knowing that it's not just on me, like after the game finishes, it's like, oh, I won an NCAA title, but it wasn't just about me and winning an NCAA title. It was a, like gratitude that the Lord would let me compete at a level that I did the best that I could and that it resulted in something that in my heart I had been desiring, but not that that had to be the end result. Like I just got to go do what I love to do. So it, it started changing my perspective of like a praise. It wasn't just me being the best diver. I knew I had the gift to dive and then I could give great like gratitude 
for that experience. Now, that's not to say that when things go wrong or when we perform badly, that life is all rainbows and butterflies because it's not. It is hard and it is tough and we can praise through the pain, but there is still pain nonetheless. And we want to strive for that perfection and hit that mark of excellence. But keeping our identities in check and keeping God on the throne of our lives, like Ryan said, does allow us to keep the ability to reframe failure in a positive mindset. Viraj and Victoria both talk about this concept. Everything that leading up to this point, everything has been a learning moment. So it hasn't been a a failure per se. You learn as you go through difficulties and challenges in life and, and, and they better you for the next chapter of your life and live with that. At the end of the day, I'd rather say I gave it my best shot and I failed or, you know, nothing really is a failure. It's just a redirection. Dr. Uh, T from The Hidden Opponent has one of my favorite quotes, which is failure, first attempt in learning. So anytime you fail is an opportunity to learn something. And what happens if we fail again? Victoria tells us the updated acronym. Further attempts in learning, right? (laughs) We just keep going. And sometimes it takes a few attempts to see success again. Many of the guests talked about not just moments of failure, but how to handle seasons in the valley. JT sets us up saying adversity is inevitable. If you ever just set a goal, almost immediately, it's pretty much guaranteed there'll be some adversity that will come your way. But Will points out that the sacrifice is well-learned and modeled after Christ himself. Just the more you sacrifice, the more you work harder for something, the closer and more fulfilling it it will become. And that's what Jesus did. And like when he worked hard and everything he did, and that's how he touched so many lives. I mean, Jesus never, never sleeps, never, never sits around waiting for something. He's always doing something. He's doing something in your life, the person next to you, life, your best friend's life, your parents' life, everyone's life. And I think that's just really cool to realize because you know, he's just always moving. He's always working. And because Jesus is working, we are to do the same. JT speaks to this. You know, I believe in Jesus and I believe I have this purpose and that I have this eternal paradise to look forward to. And now I have a real trial in my life and it's time to to show, do I actually believe everything I've been saying? I stopped looking at my situation as an obstacle and started seeing my my situation as an opportunity. JT wrote in his book and spoke about this concept as well. When a curveball is thrown your way, use a comma rather than a period to write the narrative of your life. He explains it here. That's not the end. That's not the period. It's a comma. The period would be, oh, I can't play. I'm not going to do anything. The comma says, I can't do this, but I can I can still do that. Brittany also brings up an awesome point about responding to moments and moving forward to get better. When we respond to those moments are big game changers for the rest of our lives. And so as I was learning that my identity was not in my sport, it was not a life wrecker for me. It was disappointing, but it didn't take me down. And so I started... That was something that was really hard for me, but continuing to say, hey, let me keep moving forward in my athletic career, keep getting better. Whether you are in a valley or on top of a mountain, you must play where your feet are. Will even brought his own mantra to his episode, calling this concept forever change. Basically saying that no matter what the situation, no matter how good or bad things are, 
we must strive to forever change, to continually improve. Victoria emphasized that playing where your feet are is never perfected, but practiced daily. You know, trying to be present is a skill and it takes time. And so I would just want to say, you know, it's going to take time and reps. And if they think I'm going to give an answer, that's going to get them present and playing where their feet are. That's just not how it works. Sadly, like at anything in life, especially athletes, you can't just snap your fingers and be like really good. It takes practice and reps and watching the film and going back and studying and trying again. So I would say my piece of advice is to prepare to put the time in and the effort in and you know, over time, you're going to see the results if you if you put in that work. Forever change, forever improve, and forever prepare. That's also why I say play where your feet are, not stay where your feet are. And Tori and I broke down the distinction between play and be where your feet are too. Listen to this. Be where your feet are. I think we've all, we all can identify what it kind of looks like for us to be in a position in life where we sit back and we just kind of let life happen to us. And I would think that that's like a be where your feet are type of thing. But like playing is saying like, I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to make the most of this. I'm going to take advantage of this. And I could have sat back and been like, well, this is a bummer. This didn't turn out how I thought it was going to. Rather living the passive life of being where our feet are, we want to play where our feet are. Will added excitement and urgency to this. Playing where your feet are, when you when you just really think about that and look at that, it almost just makes me want to like start doing like shuffle steps. It just makes me want to start moving my feet really fast because it just makes me just makes you want to get going. And 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 just like you said, like being still where your feet are isn't you're not gonna get anywhere. Playing where your feet are, you're gonna you're gonna go. You're gonna take one step, the next step, three steps, four steps, and little before you know it, you're one month down the road and you're 30 steps ahead and you're going and you're going and you're going. So at the end of the day, being where your feet are is easy. Playing where your feet are is the tough part, but there is strength found through the struggle and the fight. Viraj emphasizes this with JT, Will, and Ryan providing more fire to motivate you to commit to doing and being your best. It's very like, it, it, it's actually incredibly easy to just be like, you know what? I got hurt. I'm done playing. But it, it's, it's tougher to be like, you know, I'm going to work through this injury and I'm going to get back and I'm going to be at, back at 110%. And that takes a lot of courage and, and, and a lot of, um, a lot of really just like bravery. So like you decide to keep going, there's a, there's a blessing. And so, you know, like when you're at that brink of like, should I give up? Should I keep going? Usually I've found that there's been a blessing and there's been something that takes you to the next level. Never just giving up and never letting some adversity write your narrative always adapting, always adjusting, and always having somewhere you're going and something you're pursuing, but that something is bigger than yourself. There's going to be hardships. There's going to be those times that, you know, where just things aren't easy, but that's where I feel like in the end, like going through that stuff, you get so, so much stronger, so much growth through that. I know who reigns on top and that's him. And it's going to be, it's going to be good. It's going to be good no matter what, because he's working in it. It's never about what I want. It's all about where God has put me. Playing where my feet are has really forced me to be thankful for the moment and the time that I have and to not wish it away by looking forward to something else, but also to take advantage of what I've already started. If I look ahead to what's coming next year or what's coming in the season, I'm neglecting what I already started and what God is already doing. God is working right now and I can either be a part of it or I can 
play against him. And I'd so much rather be a part of it because what he has is always, always, always better. If God is in it, it's going to be good. It might not be what you expected, but it's going to be good. Tori breaks down how much Ephesians 3.20 has challenged and strengthened her faith. For context, the scripture says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. And I have struggled with that verse because I have been like, God, I can really ask and imagine some really cool things that you haven't made happen yet. So like, why would you tell me that you are capable of doing more than all I ask or imagine when you're not really doing what I'm asking or imagining? But that's exactly the point, right? It's like my human brain can only picture this playing out in one certain way. But like God sees so much more than that something that I might even not know to ask for or not know to imagine like, God, I'm, you know, I'm pretty creative. I'm, you know, got some really great ideas. And so like, can you just like look at my notebook here and be like, Hey, I've written out some really great plans for you. Like, why aren't you following this? But playing where your feet are is saying like, you know what, I'm going to let go. What I wrote down is what I thought this plan was going to be. Turn it over to you, God, and be like, you know, even though you're not doing what I think you should be doing and like what I think is all that I ask or imagine, this verse tells me that you can, that you're capable of it, that you have the strength to, and maybe sometimes I just need to rest in that and knowing that my God is capable of that, but also in knowing that he knows more than me and he can imagine more than what I can. And ultimately, like, that's what we're striving for, right? It's like, I'm not on this earth to make Tori Petri happy and to do all that she imagined and all that she dreamed up. But like, God knows more than me. God knows what, what my final legacy will be in this life. With each episode's conversation, it appears there's an obvious theme that God's plans and God's story exceeds all expectations. Brittany and JT said that their stories are not what they would have written, but by God, it is so much better. Just the, the route of how my life changed. Like if I was just focused on diving in this goal in the Olympics and I just thought settled, it's really a settling for what I think my life should be versus a curveball being thrown and taking it as a curiosity of, is there something else that I can be doing? Is there more in me? So I got to discover there's more to Brittany. There's more gifts and passions that I have than just sport. Even, even though it can be difficult, it's like God knows what he's doing. And if we can give it all to him, he has a plan for us. And it's probably, it, it is better than whatever we had planned. And the best thing is that we're not big enough to ruin God's plans. This is something that Tori taught me and reminded me when we talked. I am a planner. I am type A. I like to know what to expect. So I totally sometimes fall into believing that like I am more powerful than God's plan. And like, if I don't have this plan right, then I'm going to screw up God's entire plan for my life and get totally off track. Think about Jonah. Like Jonah tried so dang hard to get off of God's plan for his life. Like, you know, he was running the opposite direction and, you know, ended up in the belly of a whale and then still goes to Nineveh, still preaches to them. Even he's not really that happy about doing it, but the people of Nineveh got saved. Like, even though Jonah just, Jonah could have gone and, you know, done everything like the right way, quote unquote, but he had a hard time with that. And God still 
got him around on the path that he was supposed to be on, got him to reach the people of Nineveh and, you know, changed people's hearts in Nineveh, even though Jonah had a hard time with staying on, you know, what we would consider God's plan. Like God still was able to use it. So I look at that story of like, even if you get off track, even if you make mistakes, even if maybe you move to a city and like, you were like, well, I'm not really sure if God wanted me to do this. Maybe I heard him wrong. God can still, there's no point where you are too far that God can't still use you for the purpose that, that he destined for you. Viraj added to this saying how life is often not what we planned, but everything is hindsight. If we're continuing to play where our feet are, we will get to where we're supposed to be one way or another. Sometimes what we don't get ends up being the biggest blessing. You know, what we want, sometimes by not getting what we want ends up turning into the biggest blessing. I think The Rock talks about that all the time where he was like, he didn't become a professional football player, but he got him to where he's at now. And he's a super successful actor and, you know, he's doing so many amazing things. So I think a lot of times, like, we'll always get to where we need to be at and we, will, we won't know why the process took us there until we look back and we're like, oh, okay, the dots connected this way. You can't, you can't do it looking forward and be like, okay, my dots will connect me, you know, that way, you know? It'll, it'll always be in, in hindsight. So what can we take from this? We don't know our future. We can't necessarily control our future, but we can play where our feet are today. And step one is acknowledging where our feet are. Step two is then taking the action from there. Victoria talked about this first step, the acknowledgement of the acceptance. And we even had an awesome conversation on how self-love comes into play here. Well, I love how you brought up self-love actually being more like self-acceptance because I think that is really the key because it's not easy to look in the mirror and actually love what you see. If you're not there, that's okay. Let's commit to no longer saying the negative things. We're not going to force ourselves to say the, the things that we're not ready for, but can we meet ourselves in the middle with just, okay, this is where I am today. This is what I look like. This is what I am able to do. This is what's in my life. This is where I am today. And can I accept that? And acceptance doesn't mean you have to like agree or you have to be happy or thrilled about it. Acceptance can just be acknowledgement of what is. I am going to really embrace playing where my feet are and I'm just going to be here and be open to the situation, the experience without judgment, try to find gratitude for what my body can allow me to do. Like it allows me to go on a run or to walk or to just get out of bed in the morning um, or, or that I at the bare minimum have a heart that's beating and keeping me alive, right? And that's pumping and it's working for me. And the more that we can just tap into that daily acceptance and a neutral take that over time, we might start to naturally be like, oh, I really love the fact that my body has shown up for me every single day this month or that, you know, I've been able to grow with this neutral voice and get rid of the negativity. And I'm loving that about myself. And so I think the love will come with time. It's almost like falling in love with someone. I, you know, I can't present to you a person and say, this is your future husband, love him. You're like, no, I want to get to know him. I want to go to dinner. I want to go on a date, whatever. It's kind of like that with ourselves. We need to take the time to be kind, to start to change our relationship. And then maybe we'll start to grow in love. <laughs> JT, Emily, and Maddie each added to the importance of accepting the situation and working with purpose nonetheless. Your feet, they may not be where you thought they would be, or where you think they should be, or where you want them to be. But if they're anywhere, 
you still have a purpose. You still have a choice. You still have an option to to adapt, adjust, and to keep pursuing, keep going forward. I'm motivated to help people take control again and to help you know people maybe accept the circumstance or the cards that life dealt them, but to move forward with it or despite it. And, and the fact that they don't have to do it alone. It took me a lot of really hard days. I remember one time, I, I don't remember exactly when it was, but um, I was just having like a very emotional day and I just went in my locker and I just sat down and cried for like 10 minutes. And then I was like, okay, like (laughs) time to go to practice or whatever it was. And we all say play where your feet are. That's where your feet are, wherever you are specifically at, whether that's mentally or physically or spiritually, whatever it might be, wherever your feet are. And Emily says that that can even differ day to day for yourself. So that's where we make room for grace. The best that I have today is going to be different than the best that I have tomorrow or the best that I did yesterday. And being able to have that grace and forgiveness for yourself and just do what it is that you can on that day. And I feel like I have so many people who come to me or work with me and, um, you know, they'll be like, I'm so sorry that I'm not doing this exercise as good as I was the other day before. And I always am like, why are you apologizing to me? for showing up on a day where you didn't feel the best and for doing everything that you could in that day. Like you never need to apologize to me for, for giving it your all because giving it your all today is going to be the reason that you achieve your goals in the future. Playing where my feet are means doing the best that I can in the situation that I'm in. And that's pretty much how you define it too. No matter what you're doing, as long as you're giving it your best, then that's all that you can do. You know, if I'm cleaning the kitchen, like I'm going to do it the best that I can. If I'm doing laundry, like I'm going to make sure that my baby has clean clothes. You know, sometimes it feels like I, what I'm doing is not enough. Like I should be a full-time working mom. I should have income flow for our family and all this stuff. But like, if this is what we have decided right now is best for us while we're in this like kind of transitional phase, then, you know, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. I would say doing the best you can, no matter what you're doing. It just means embracing where you're at right now, taking this sense of comparison off and trying to look at other people and be like, well, why aren't I there? Why aren't I in this position. Again, it's doing your best, however you operate to perform well. As Tori said, get rid of that comparison. It's your best, which could be the ultimate best. It could be better than everyone else's best, but either way, that might look different than other people's best. Ryan explains this perfectly in his own personal experience on the mound. God has equipped me and called me and given me the ability to pitch at a high level, but he wants me to be me in the process. And I'm not a, you know, it's really funny. I'm not an extrovert. I'm a very introverted person. I like being around people, but it tires me out. And it's one of those things that I've had to come to realize that my confidence can be from within. It doesn't necessarily have to be external. And so when I step on the field or when I step off the field, I don't have to change what my appearance and how I treat people and what I look like. 
to whoever's listening, who has God made you to be and what best fits your personality? And then use that, use what God has given you to compete in the manner that which he's called. It doesn't necessarily have to look like someone else. You don't have to model yourself after Tim Tebow to be fiery and up and this rah-rah guy. I am a rah-rah guy, but when I'm on the mound, I don't like to be that. I want to be, I want to be me. That's what my advice to be is, is to know who God has made you to be first and to that. And that comes from being in the word and be in the word of God so that when you step out of the word of God and into a secular environment, can you be the same person? And can you, the confidence of Christ show through you, not from yourself? Struggling or succeeding, you are where you're supposed to be. And Emily wisely added that playing where your feet are is not just something we do when we're in the valley, but when we're on top of the world too. And I feel like we always talk about it in the way where it's kind of like digging out of the trenches, like play where your feet are in like undesirable circumstances. But like, you also need to play where your feet are when things are going well for you. Like how, how are you going to use that space or that success or you know, that arena that you're in when you are thriving to make a difference and to, um, you know, impact the environment and the world around you in a positive way or to grow towards your own goals in a positive way when things are going really well. So I think, you know, on both ends of the token, playing where your feet are requires a lot of self-awareness. It requires a lot of reflection and it requires a lot of faith. Play where your feet are. And wherever you're at, Viraj and Brittany both agree that that place is intentional. You are where you're supposed to be and God is in control. And I like to think of that in the same way. Like you are always being guided and you are always where you need to be in that moment. And whether you may, you know, you, so you might as well learn to just be appreciative of it. When you trade your expectations for appreciation, your whole life changes. We're not just happen sake planted boom, like this is, oh, that's so weird. That curveball came. Like he knew he, he's got the plan in his hands. Ryan said that playing where your feet are is being where God has you to be in the very moment. But as we discussed, it's not just sitting put, but staying active. And one of the biggest pieces of advice from everyone this entire season is to simply focus on what you can do, not what you can't do. Will even brings in a game time example from his perspective. For me, like I, I like like looking down where my feet are. Like maybe something happens in a game that doesn't go my way or anything like that. I just almost look down my feet, like this is where I am. What happened happened. What's gonna happen is gonna happen. I can worry about that later. But right now, where my feet are is the only thing that I can control. It is the only thing that I can possibly do something about. I cannot take back the pitch I just thrown. I can't rewind it and take the ball back and say, oh no, I didn't throw that pitch. Everyone time out, that didn't happen. I sometimes just look at my feet and be like, I'm, I'm here right now. This, what I'm about to do is what I have to attack and what I have to go do. JT brought in the story of David for some super insightful encouragement about the smaller unseen things and moments mattering most in life. Check this out. We all know about David and Goliath, but David had previously defeated lions and bears with nobody watching and that's why he knew he was ready for Goliath so my encouragement to people is don't start with Goliath start with the lion and the bear where no one's watching and and that's where you build a, a foundation. Your time with God 
in prayer, your time practicing your craft, what you do when no one's watching, that's what really it's ultimately about. You know, my mom used to always ask me when I got stressed specifically, how do you eat an elephant? If you've never heard this before, it's certainly an odd question to ask, but the answer to how to eat an elephant that is so massive and huge and ginormous is simply by taking one bite at a time. We need to treat life the same way on a day-by-day basis, tackling what's in front of us. And you're going to hear Viraj, Ryan, and Tori all talk about this. Yes, the mountain seems big, but if you tackle it day by day, it gets smaller. We only have this year for 365 days, our age. So you're only going to be 20, 20 for 365 days, 21, 22, 23, 19, 17, 16, 15, whatever. Maximize that chapter of your life day by day. Playing where feet are, being where you are, it's all we have because at the end of the day, what is in the future, you don't know. What's in the past, already gone. So you, you maximize where you are and you do your best in the goals and things you want to achieve. But you also have to appreciate the moment that you're in because that moment's also fleeting. We can't control what's going to happen in the future. God is already there. He's already taking care of that. But we can control right now. And what can I do today to show someone love, to show someone who Jesus is. And when you play with your, when you play where your feet are with the mindset of being external and looking towards others, I firmly believe that God will honor that and glorify himself through that. Facing that mindset of like, okay, I'm not really sure what tomorrow looks like or what opportunity I'll have a month from now or six months from now, but I know what opportunities are on my plate today and I'm going to give them my very best I am going to do that wholeheartedly. I'm going to find joy in those things. And I'm going to work towards whatever it is that I feel like I'm, whatever direction it is that I'm supposed to go next. So how do you actually eat an elephant one bite at a time? Well, Victoria breaks down a more practical way and maybe hands-on way to handle this on a daily basis by better handling your to-do list. This one I was quite challenged and convicted to do because your girl over here has the longest to-do list ever and it is sometimes defeating to not accomplish your things on your to-do list as literally I am recording this. I know I have a million other things to get done and it's 10.33 p.m. and I'm feeling a little defeated. So I need to pay attention to this pro tip once again. Listen to Victoria and what she says here. When you make a big list of all these things you wanna do, it can seem so overwhelming. And then we just like, don't even do anything at all. So if you take that list and you just split it up to your must do's and your can do's, then you put on your, your must do column. Okay. What absolutely has to be done on this Monday? Like what cannot happen tomorrow? And then you'll find like, actually there's only one or two things you have to do today. And then you can do those two things first. And then you can switch over to your can-dos if you still have energy and you want to like get on top of the next day. And it's been really helpful for me to compartmentalize. At the end of the day, Emily and Will bring back in the conversation, that confidence that we own that can contribute to the progress we're seeking as we play where our feet are. Remember that you have more resources within yourself than you know, and then that you probably give yourself credit for and that you can take control of your day-to-day. You, you can take that control back. And that may start with small wins, um, but it will grow to bigger wins and bigger wins. You have the resources within you and you've had them there all along. Um, and so again, just going into every situation, giving your best that you have in that moment 
knowing that that is exactly what you are needed to do and you are not expected to do anything else. And that those are those, those efforts, the best that you have each day is what's going to take you to where you want to be. I just think playing with your feet are obviously everyone has long-term goals. Everyone has short-term goals, but when you look at those long-term goals, you're only going to get there if you play with your feet are. Mm -hmm. And that's where I feel like that's where long-term goals are awesome. Four, five, 10 years down the road. That's awesome to look forward towards. But you have to take it day by day and play where your feet are each and every day, because that buildup of something is going to be something that's really great. So where do we go from here? Well, we simply go. And this is my favorite part because my word of the year going on two years now is literally just go. G-O, go. That is my word of the year now for the second year in a row. And again, this is the exciting part, the best part. Ryan says going and this exciting movement forward starts with one word. And that word is yes. Now, on top of Ryan, you're going to hear more from Viraj, JT, Tori, Will, and Maddie, all encouraging this leap. God is calling you to something big. I don't know what it is. Only you can figure that out. But the first step is saying yes. Say yes to whatever God has called you to today, and then say yes to whatever he calls you to tomorrow. Don't wait for that big moment to be obedient to what he's called you to. Say yes now and see his glory continue to build upon it itself and that I promise he will do great things through you. But it starts with saying yes today. Don't wait. I think the biggest coincidence most people have that are extremely successful is just taking that jump. Mm-hmm. Is, is realizing like there's going to be like a part where you don't know if you're going to land on the other side or not, but it's worth the jump. And, and a lot of times you just have to take the jump. If you really get your hopes up, you could be disappointed. What we get in life when we give it our all is worth the risk like if you're listening to this episode and you're like man i wish i was brave enough to do that that's probably a little tug at your spirit that's like hey you can do this you know you have the lord on your side and you know he will work this out and he will accomplish his purposes for you um so if you're feeling that just start to get in prayer about it and ask the lord what that looks like and pray about hey like i'm scared about xyz god what do i do about this and have that honest conversation with him and I think really allowing him to kind of break down what in your, in your thought process is actual fear and anxiety and what is something that is like a legitimate concern, because those are two separate things. Like, you know, if God's calling you out to something, Satan is going to use that fear and anxiety to try and hold you back from it. When, what Jesus was saying about, you know, when you hear my voice, like, like I'll go. And I think that's just so huge. Like no matter what kind of season you're in, like, he knows, he knows what you need. And I feel like that's where you just got to reach out to him and just go to him and run to him with, with just, with just full faith, not half faith, not, not still winding around trying to figure out if it's the right way. Like, no, just running him full on full go. You never want to go through life and do something half. Like you want to put your all into everything that you do no matter what that is. Y'all, I absolutely love these motivations because we're trying to live a life full of living, live a life full of living, not just plan one. It's all about going and going out of your comfort zone. No regrets, taking every single day as an opportunity and even as a gift. Viraj, Will, and JT keep our lives in perspective here. How would you feel when you're 80 and you're on your rocking chair, when you're 90 or 100 or whatever the case may be? Um, and you're on your rocking chair, how would you feel about the decisions that you make? With this time on earth, we still have, we still have purpose and we have, 
you know, stuff we got to do that, that God's called us to do. Any day could be your last day. What are you doing today with that in mind? How would you live differently if you knew today is going to be your last day? Will even brings in his own inspiration behind a life of purpose. It was actually the passing of his childhood best friend when he was little. He can't help because of this situation, but live passionately in honor of Addison. How can something so sad happen in, in, in that situation and I not take where my feet are right now, where they are in each step of every day, how can I not do everything I possibly can to go 100% in every single thing I do? And Will points out an important factor in the foundation that allows us to do just that, to play where our feet are, to give our 100% and to live a life full of living. Matthew chapter seven, it talks about a great one. It talks about it's the meaning of the parable with the wise and foolish builders. And it's where Jesus is talking to um, his people and talking about how be a wise builder and build build on, on brick and stone. Don't be a, a foolish builder and build your foundation on sand where water and, and, and anything that comes about it is going to wash it away, build it on something that's strong and has a great foundation. And I think that comes, you know, just all, like from who you are, what you, what you, what you listen to, what you read, what you, what you believe, and also who you surround yourself with. I think putting yourself around, you know, people that are encouraging you, you know, lifting you up, are going to tell you if you're doing something wrong, are going to hold you accountable truthfully. Get you a group of friends, a group of good people around you to do this life with. Friends who are going to cheer you on and challenge you and also mentors who can pour into your life. They've been there, done that, as well as those friends you can do life with right next to each other, side by side in that very same stage. Viraj also spoke on the importance of others in your circle who are specifically aligned with you and your life and all of your goals. You want people that are going to keep a good and positive environment rather than a negative, you know, uh, discouraging environment. And it's very easy to go both ways. If you surround yourself with people who are constantly negative, you're going to end up becoming a negative person. People who are going to tear down other people's dreams, you might end up being that person that tears down other people's dreams because you didn't pursue your own dream. And so I think that's very important because if you don't have the right people to do that and the people around you are always doing things that aren't aligned with what you want out of life, you're going to end up doing things that aren't aligned with what you want out of life. And then that will never come to fruition. And as for the cheat code to building that friend group, Tori told the secret. One of my things when you move to new city as a new city is that you need to be able to be in a mindset of like saying yes to everything. If somebody invites you out to something, you say yes. God can totally work in those situations and bring the right people into your life. Not only should we seek friends to do life with, but also take advantage of those in our communities already. The people who are already in our communities and in our circles, because wherever we are, that is our mission field. Just like when making friends, being a friend also requires stepping out of our comfort zone. Listen to what Ryan said about this. Before Jesus ascended to heaven, he looked at his disciples and he said, go. And he sent them to the ends of the earth because he knew that just by them staying together, nothing would grow. They had to be sent out. And I believe that this is what God is doing with us, with whatever field you're in. Maybe you're not an athlete. Maybe you're one of the best computer programmers in the country. That's awesome. I don't know. I just came up with something. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, but the reality of it is, is that God exists in every place where two or more gather, or he, he can be with you. But like the Bible says that where two or more gathered in his name, he is there. And so what is happening is that God is sending me to my team 
to go minister to the people on my team that don't know Jesus. He's sending you to your team, to your campus, to minister to whoever God puts around you. And essentially what it is, is that if Christians banded together and never went out, Christianity wouldn't grow and people wouldn't know about God. Now, there is something to speak for Jesus did retreat to his own people and we should have fellowship with Christians, but we shouldn't be afraid of where God has called us and that is to go into various places. And so I believe that this is exactly what baseball is, is this is my mission field, is that God has allowed me and given me the skills to be on this team, to play on this team, so that I might make his name known. God does care about baseball. God cares about volleyball. I know he does because he cares about where my heart is. But if I put baseball above spreading his name, now I've taken God off the throne and put my own wants and needs and desires on the throne. And that's not right. So baseball is my mission field because God has allowed it to be my mission field. But it all means that we have to step out of our comfort zone into the boldness of the gospel. And the most exciting thing about playing where your feet are with people around you Brittany said it best. If you're trying to play where your feet are and do it by yourself, I mean, you can play by yourself. It's just a lot more fun with others. And maybe that's the best place to end on as a wrap up for this season. If you remember the very first episode, the backstory, I shared where play where your feet are originated from. Every single car ride growing up as a volleyball player heading to tournaments and practices and whatever training session I was on my way to, my parents always gave me the iconic parental pep talk. Now, my mom did a lot of the talking here, and she would say things like, it's a tryout, be the light, be the spark, all these things to motivate me to light a fire under myself to go and perform. And she always included in that parental pep talk to play where your feet are. Now, this at the time kind of went in one air and came out the other and then came back into my life finally in 2019 when I did suffer my third concussion and medically retire. But going back to this whole parental pep talk story, my dad would end every single conversation with the same thing. He would say this and have fun and have fun. Playing where your feet are is hard. It is a grind. It is a commitment to always do and be your best. But that produces a life full of living. And what's more fun than that? So yeah, do your best, grind, go after it all. But remember to have fun in the process and do it with people. And speaking of wonderful people, I want to end this podcast by saying a very special thank you for a fabulous first season of the PWIFA Play Where Your Feet Are podcast. This podcast really did take the trials and tribulations that I went through in 2019 specifically and turn them into a testimony and they turned them into a triumph. And that's been this podcast and the conversations we've had on here. And I'm not only thanking the guests that have been on here and given insight and wisdom, but each and every one of my listeners, I think we've hit over 1000 listens throughout the whole season. And that is just amazing to me because it's not only sure people listening to my voice and talk and you know, whatever that may be about me, but it's, you guys are just hungry to play where your feet are. And that fires me up because you're hungry to live a life full of living and not just to live mediocre lives because we don't have an average God. So why should we live average lives? No, we need to live 
amazing, incredible Ephesians 3.20 expecting lives that expect God to do the best and more than we can ask for or imagine. And even that is saying something because if we expect the best, God is going to do more than that. So we can't even expect the best. But y'all, I hope today's episode specifically leaves you fired up knowing your identity and encourages you to walk in confidence and to reframe failure, to play where your feet are, not stay where your feet are, to acknowledge the position you're in and move forward to change, to improve, and to go live a life full of living. And to do all that with a strong community, having fun in the meantime. This season comes to a close, but stay tuned for more bonus episodes and announcements this summer. Exciting things happening on the back end, and I cannot wait to finally, finally, finally tell you guys about it. It's going to be amazing, and just make sure you follow us on all social media from TikTok to Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and more to see and hear all things PWYFA play where your feet are. We might not be posting podcasts as often, but we will make sure to post all of our updates on our social media, so make sure you go there. And then plus, you'll see the announcements of when our podcast episodes will be released, so it's a win-win situation. Just go there, you'll find all the information, and then podcasts will be coming periodically, like I said, either in some bonus episodes and content, as well as some more life update and announcements to come. And trust me, y'all, you do not want to miss our next announcements. It's so exciting, and God is so good. Well, for now, that is season one recap highlight episode. I'm so thankful for every single guest that has just given their voice and wisdom and insight to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed once again today's episode. I know I did and I need to stop talking or this episode will be an hour long and we don't want that. So y'all as always be blessed and play where your feet are.